Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Bros Podcast. We are Two Bros. This is the Two Bros Podcast. Welcome, welcome. And today we're going to talk about the second game week of the English Premier League. It has been yet another interesting game week. Plenty of results, plenty of talking points, some predictable results, some unpredictable outcomes, some records have broken, some controversial VAR decisions, some red cards here and there. Basically, a pretty average uh, game week. <laughs> That's just how the Premier League is these days, isn't it? But uh, man, it's good to have football back. I mean, it's just uh, nice to have something to look forward to on the weekends again. Happy days. There's still a raging pandemic outside. So football is a blessing, I would say. And plus, where I live, the temperature these days is pretty bad. So not uh, a lot of uh, avenues to step out and do much anyway. So football on the weekend. Yes, please. So it started off on Saturday on the 21st with Liverpool against Burnley. Liverpool kind of finding their way back into the world, the form they had. And I reckon they've been boosted by the return of Van Dyke. I mean, what a presence he is. He's just that defensive reinforcement and he allows the, the confidence for the midfielders to come and play further up. You know, it just sort of frees up the midfield. They don't have to worry about what's going on at the back. I mean, Van Dyke will easily give them another good couple of years, if not more. But what a, what a signing he's turning out to be. Between uh, Van Dyke and Becker, I, I reckon they've just, you know, shut the gates basically on... Uh, they're uh, the goalposts. So Liverpool off to uh, a good start again. 2-0 winners over Burnley. Burnley, of course, off to a bad start. Losing to uh, Brighton earlier in the first game week and now to uh, Liverpool. I mean, fairly expected. 2-0 is, a base, I would say, it's a decent uh, scoreline. Trent Alexander-Arnold getting back to his form. He's already got a bunch of assists. He's already, I think, the in FPL, he's the, he's the highest scoring defender already. Good lad. But uh, he's on the expensive side. He costs about seven and a half million. I just checked. But uh, if you do want him in your team, he is going to be that good asset who will provide assists and stuff. But you'll have to lose people elsewhere. That's how you got to accommodate for him. And that man, Diego Jota. Now, he might be an interesting uh, pick for your fantasy Premier League team. He's already scored twice. He is getting those starts. Uh, and he costs 7.6 million. So that's a reasonable kind of a position that you might might I mean if you go for Salah that's about 12 and a half if you go for money that's another 11 and a half or something in that range Diego Jota 7.6 he is getting those goals he he does play in the advanced positions and uh, I quite like him and he's uh, he started ahead of Firmino he played in the central position this time uh, with Salah and Mane on either side of him and uh, yeah, I, I reckon this position is suiting him. He's doing quite well. He's getting those goals. And if he remains to stay fit, I reckon he might uh, challenge Bobby Firmino for his position. Because Firmino, to be honest, has become more of a a, a link-up player, a provider. He's not he's not scored as many goals. Uh, even think of last season, he's not scored those many goals. I mean, for a central striker, he hasn't scored those many goals. Think of the likes of Vardy, think of uh, Aubameyang, think of... Uh, Aguero, even Harry Kane, he's not he's not up there with them, but uh, he does a very good link-up play with Mane, and he just picks up the ball off the edge of the penalty area and just sort of plays in uh, Salah and Mane on the side, and whoever makes a run, and he's got a good foot on him. But still, I, I reckon Diego Jota offers a lot more, and that's probably why he got the nod ahead of uh, Firmino. So yeah, an interesting uh, choice there might uh, be something you might want to consider keeping Jota in your team. Now, moving on to Villa versus Newcastle. Uh, I remember in the last podcast, I had said Villa might struggle with losing Jack Grealish, but they, they seem to be doing just fine with Danny Ings firing now. Danny Ings has scored twice 
uh, once in each uh, game week. So he's another pick uh, which uh, you know you might want to consider. He's a he's a decently he's a reasonably priced striker. He's I believe he's at eight point one, and uh, Villa are going to utilize him a lot. I mean, if he manages to stay fit, I don't know what happened to Danny Ings when he was at Liverpool. He just didn't play. He was just injured the entire time he was there. But yeah, he had that good spell at uh, Southampton. Now he's off to uh, Villa. Last season, he was right up there with uh, the top dogs of uh, the Premier League. He's gotten off to a good start with Villa and uh, Villa Tunnel Wills of winners over Newcastle. I don't know what's happening with Newcastle. I mean, probably new management, so they're struggling a bit. But yeah, Danny Ings, another worthy contender of, uh, you know, having in your team uh, because I reckon he is going to give you those points. Crystal Palace versus Brentford. Yeah, nothing much to talk about. Goalless draws here. Now, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, this is Brentford's third clean sheet in a row. Yes, it is. So yeah, that's that's actually a very good point. That well, they played. Oh yeah, okay, the second clean sheet. Sorry, my mistake. So that's uh, there's a there's a bunch of defenders who have scored well for Brentford, who are really cheap because of course it's Brentford. Uh, might want to pick them up and uh, see how long their clean sheet start. But I reckon they'll be happy with the start. They got a win and now they got a draw against uh, Crystal Palace. They beat Arsenal on the opening. So that's that's something big. So you Brentford off to a good start. Some decent players that I'm still not familiar with their strikers and their regular playing. Uh, playing 11, their midfielders, the creative midfielders. I'll probably have to watch one of these games maybe so to figure their gear, uh, to figure their team out. Don't have a plan yet for them, but I have picked up a guy called Pinnick. He's a 4.6. He's got a decent number of points. He's got a good points haul. And uh, yeah, uh, just I, I filled up the need uh, quite quite well because I needed a cheap midfield, cheap defender for my for my team. And there you have it. What I do is. Anyway, we'll come to the fantasy Premier League situation much later. Moving on to Leeds versus Everton. Now, this is always going to be an explosive uh, game because you know how Leeds are. You know how Everton play. Everton, of course, under new management with Rafa Benitez. Uh, great game. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin again with the penalty. He is another you know striker who's gotten off to a good start. I mean, obviously, he scored twice in two games now. He is in my team and I'm lucky to have him because I had an epic disaster class in FPL this time. But we'll come to that later. I'm a bit worried about the uh, Leeds uh, midfield and the striker. Patrick Bamford, not, I mean, he got an assist, but he's not really off the market. His positioning, he kind of cuts his whole figure up there. He's not getting in those good positions. He's not getting uh, shots on target. He's not getting a lot of uh, attempts on goal. I don't know. So that's why I had to drop Patrick Bamford this time. I mean, I like the guy. He's really uh, played well last season. Uh, even with the midfield, it's not... I reckon they're waiting for uh, Phillips to return to their midfield and Matthews Click and uh, uh, Stuart Dallas. I mean, they're doing their bit, but it's just not. I don't. I don't quite see the goals coming in. I mean, if, don't get me wrong; they have scored twice here against Everton. Rafinha getting on the score sheet. Now he's another one who's a good contender. I see a lot of people in our leagues who have uh, this guy in their team. So that's leads a bit of a wait and watch for me. We'll have to see how they work out. Uh, but it's a good comeback after losing 5-1 to United on the opening uh, game week. Two all against Everton at home. I, I reckon they'll be happy with that. Moving on to Man City. It's a total destruction, total demolition of Norwich, which was, I mean, it was expected basically. Now, I, this is one of the stats which I found very interesting. That City have now scored over five goals, five or more than five goals in 25 games under Pep Guardiola. That's like, that just shows... You know, when they get going, they get going. It's such a such a strong side. It's amazing, you know. 
Now, a man to watch in this game. This is one of the games I did watch. A man to watch in this game was Jack Grealish. He was operating off that left-hand side. And uh, all of the play was coming off from Jack Grealish. I mean, don't get me wrong. They are still missing the likes of uh, De Bruyne and uh, Phil Foden. They haven't come back into the squad yet properly. Jack Grealish, however, making most of... Uh, his time in the in the city shirt, the number ten shirt, operating off that left, picking up some really dangerous areas, and doing pretty much what he did for Villa last season. Just operating off that left hand side, winning those fouls, cutting in. He's got that talent. He's good on the ball. He does know how to protect the ball. He wins those fouls for you. And once he's in the box, he can you know drive across, provide you an assist as well. Or if you've got a player wider than Grealish, he occupies that spot on the inner side, on the left-hand side near the goal, and he can get a shot away. He did get a goal, but dare I say he knew nothing about it. This cross came all the way across from Gabriel Jesus on the right-hand side. Missed a bunch of defenders. Grealish just happened to be at the right place at the right time. But that again, you know, you have to be there to score the goal. I mean, even if it just sort of bounces off you, off your knees... A goal is a goal and I reckon uh, Jack Grealish will be quite happy to get off the mark and I expect more goals from him. But Pep being Pep with his Pep roulette, you never know if he's going to get a start once his entire squad is available and fit. Sterling came off the bench, scored a goal and Maris came off the bench and scored another goal. So, well, goals everywhere. And one of the main... uh, uh, people to have in your team and of course uh, everybody's familiar with the Pep Roulette everybody who play, plays FPL Ruben Diaz however is a is a confirmed kind of a, a starter you know he does get in those assists he can score those goals from corners and stuff so the partnership between Diaz and Laporte it might be fixed they might play around a bit in the EFL with Ake and the other Cancelo maybe Cancelo on the on either side maybe on the left and uh, yeah, so Diaz is another player which you might want to consider keeping in your FPL team. He has he did really well last season. He's off to a good start again. He did get a, get a clean sheet and an assist. So that's a lot of points. And yeah, think about it. But again, he costs a lot of money. So you'll have to make room elsewhere. Moving on, Brighton versus Watford. Watford again, not doing so well. I had a Watford uh, striker. I had Troy Deeney. I so had to sell him. Because Watford are just not up and running yet. Another two players which might you might want to pick out for cheap are alternatives in your FPL. Shane Duffy is one. He's a really cheap defender. He costs about four million. And Bisuma. Bisuma is another. He's a midfielder. He costs about four point six. Now he's got, he got an assist. Shane Duffy got a goal. Interesting choices. A lot of options available. There are cheap players available because obviously you can't go big and you'll end up with just uh, you know terrible uh, defense. It's, it's always better to have an entire squad which plays. Brighton will be happy with that. Two wins out of two and they are right up there with the top dogs in fourth position. Six points out of six. Well done to Brighton. But it's a long season. Now moving on to Sunday. Southampton versus United. Now a lot, lots to talk about here. And uh, dare I say United were lucky to get a draw, to get a draw here. Uh... While they did rec- equal the record of most successive away uh, points taken away on the road, 27 games, unbeaten, I should say, unbeaten, yeah. Uh, they have equaled the record of Arsenal, the uh, Invincibles of Arsenal, I believe. And But the performance was just not good enough. And I reckon Southampton have, not just Southampton, a lot of teams have figured out how to deal with United. If you press United, they will make those mistakes. And this was a repetition 
they were not allowing players time on the ball they were rushing them obviously the stat the stat the trick can't work the entire season it's really physically demanding challenging but you do bring it out with the top teams and if your passing is not strong enough like let's see you can't do that to man city because man city will dig a ball out from anywhere they have that quality they have that talent united players however they were caught napping at times they lost possession in fact for the first goal of southampton bruno fernandes was just looking around and he was dispossessed the ball passed into che adams and he thwacked it and took a deflection off fred but still you know united were really sloppy in possession they were not allowed time on the ball they were always always pressed they had to uh, come up with ways to do something about it but saints took an early lead it felt like one of those uh, games where it it's pretty much like reminiscent of last season where the united were just caught napping in the first half and when the second half came they were they woke up and that's what they did they did really well uh, to get that goal paul pogba with another assist i mean the man's got five assists already he's another player which you might want to consider cost about around the 8 million mark i'm not too sure yet but with pogba you know the kind of performances you get you not uh, guaranteed a match winning performance every time but he did get that assist mason greenwood what a player he's turning out to be another goal for him great left footed drive across and uh, between the legs of one defender and the keeper so a bit fortunate there but still a goal's a goal but yeah southampton did really well and towards the end they they were again uh, dispossessed and it was a poor pass or uh, somebody was dispossessed i can't remember who exactly it was played the ball out to armstrong armstrong one on one with the keeper david de gea pulling off a match winning save i mean come on that was curtains i think it was the 86th minute when it happened and i was feeling the worst because i thought that was it because saints really looked strong and after scoring the goal united did have a const- a, a big momentum towards uh the way the match shifted they should have scored another one they had their chances but just just not uh, capitalizing on that momentum and they could have lost they probably should have lost because it's it was just not a good performance and coming off from a 5-1 victory against leeds united but uh, southampton knew, clearly did their homework they knew what to do with leeds they kind of leave themselves vulnerable at the back and the commit players forward at least plays open they were runners i remember there were times where there was four on three or three on threes and even a lot of uh, occasions where united could capitalize on their position and even last season i believe united beat uh, leeds 6-2 or something if i'm not mistaken at old trafford so leeds uh, yeah i mean it was a good result but southampton knew what to do and uh, they did exactly that they stuck to their game plans kudos to them one one all winners sorry one all draw at st mary's good job now talking of another club which is off to a good start and under new management nuno espirito santo one nil winners against a uh, winner against his former club former club wolves now much can be said about uh, the way they played spurs but i would like to commend the manager and the management on their handling of the harry kane situation harry kane was back on the bench he did in fact get to play a little bit and uh, i believe nuno has had a word with uh, harry kane and you know just to figure things out time is kind of running out for harry kane he had he had said he wants to leave a while back but of course if you are uh, the chairman of uh, tottenham you don't want to lose your star striker because yeah your team pretty much hinges on him and uh, Well if you think about it now where can Harry Kane go United have spent big Chelsea have spent big they've just bought Lukaku City have spent big they've spent 100 million on Jack Grealish PSG have spent big Barcelona have kind of sort of spent big uh not exactly they've bought who they bought I think they bought Memphis Depay this season and uh, one more guy 
the kind of just leaves real madrid if he wants to go to real madrid and uh, again his asking price is around 160 million that's that's what i remember reading from the news now that's a lot he does have a few years on his contract but i don't know if anyone can reach that valuation i mean the guy is 28 he is of course uh, worth his weight in gold he's a great striker he's won the golden boot twice in a row if i am not mistaken i think last season he was tied with salah or was it the last or last season he was tied with salah and last season he won it or did abameyang win it not sure but he was right up there I can't remember I'll have to look this up but uh, very interesting i mean for them to bring harry kane back and for him to play for the team and uh, yeah i think i think they've handled it well and if spurs he they do get another season out of him i reckon spurs will have a good season i don't know about this conference league though it's going to be a bit of a hindrance for them because but they did feel a very uh, weak uh, young squad i don't think anyone's going to take this seriously it's just probably for the the weak eastern european clubs to uh, get a taste for uh, european football and uh, i don't know i don't know what the point of all this is but anyway i'm not going to watch it the moving on uh, london derby arsenal was chelsea now chelsea there i say looked menacing right they had lukaku up front lukaku started already that's fantastic he looks like a different guy i mean there i say united he looked really bulky and fat but this time he's lost weight he's chiseled he's he looks good he looks fit he looks fast and uh, he scored a goal and it was a perfectly move uh, perfect move by chelsea great uh, sweeping ball across arsenal defenders just not up for it simple tap in for lukaku and for the rest of the match he did really well he did hold the ball really well with his back towards the goal and that was a big weakness for lukaku's game at united he did learn a lot again under antonio conte at inter he tried to turn uh who was a defender i think it was pablo mari he tried to turn him a bunch of times he did almost he almost got through but pablo mari up to the task kept him at bay lukaku got that early goal in 15 minutes and then reese james what a strike it was it was basically a dismantling of arsenal's defense in the first half but arsenal did rally towards the second half they did really really well uh it looked like they might get a goal when obameyang came on the game sort of shifted but it just didn't happen for them tuna losers against arsenal against chelsea sorry at emirates and now it's two losses out of two for mikel arteta and he's under a lot of pressure i mean he has spent i think if i remember arsenal have spent the most out of any premier league club this transfer window they've spent about 126 million they've bought aaron ramsdale they've bought this guy called lokonga now lokonga looked decent on the ball he looked like a very positive player he always had his head up to play the pass forward for looking for those runners Lukonga got look very impressive for me and who else have they bought they bought Odegaard yeah they bought Odegaard that's right from Real Madrid a uh, lot of backlash from the fans uh, i believe some of the fans charged Mikel Arteta's car towards the end and they said mean things why don't you leave and uh, just hateful stuff uh i don't know i'm 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 on the fence with this i'm i haven't seen uh Arsenal improved that much under Arteta and this is I believe I, I read another stat that this is the 20th game Arsenal have lost under Arteta in his 60 games as a manager in comparison it took Arsene Wenger around 116 games to lose 20 times but again he's he's Arsene Wenger you can't compare the two because Arteta is just getting started uh hard to say where i stand i'm not sure about this i'll have to speak to my brother to see where he stands with the um, arteta but i do reckon i mean who else is there i mean zidane is free but will zidane come to arsenal hard to say really hard to say but uh yeah there you have it tunnel uh, 
loss at home against Chelsea. They don't need to rally because I feel Arteta is going to feel the pressure, even though managers are kind of expressing solidarity with Arteta because of the hate that he got. It remains to be seen about Arteta's future, but it does not look good at the moment, to be honest. The last game of the game week was West Ham versus Leicester. A lot of drama here. Ayose Perez got sent off because it was a straight red. He kind of stumbled out of a challenge and he sort of landed on someone else's shin. The referee kind of wa- he waved play on, but the VAR got back in his ear and said, you need to look at this. On the replay, when you look at the replay in slow motion, it looks like a horrible, horrible challenge. I mean, it's really, I mean, bless the guy. It's He's lucky he didn't like break his leg. It was that bad. And a straight red, but uh, questions can be asked that he did kind of stumble off a challenge and he just didn't know where his foot was going to land because otherwise he would have fallen over. But a challenge is a challenge, could have really been, uh, you know, terrible. But uh, West Ham, life under uh, David Moy is really killing it. For now, it's got the first goal and Ben Rama. I mean, last season, Ben Rama was nobody, barely got a goal. Now he scored twice in two game weeks. And he, he, when I when I saw the replay, he he kind of occupying the places where Jesse Lingard used to occupy. And I remember Jesse Lingard had a really good season at West Ham, half a season I should say, at West Ham when he went in the winter transfer window. Ben Rama is picking up those advanced positions. He's getting in the edges of the box and he's getting in the center when the ball's coming in from the side. So he's going really well. He got a goal. He really looked like he would get an assist as well. In fact, he did for the first goal. He he got an assist. And then it was that man, Mikel Antonio. What a guy! Another guy you might want to consider buying for your fantasy Premier League team. He is now, mind you, West Ham's top goal scorer ever. He he went past Paulo Di Canio. Remember Paulo Di Canio? What a mercurial uh, manager he was. Now, like, let's go back to the fantasy Premier League. Like I said, my team had scored 91 points in the first game week had an epic fail. Scored all of 36 points this time and I was lucky to have even that because it's just terrible else everywhere. I had Salah as my captain, didn't do anything, he got 6 points. Fernandez flopped, Son flopped, Dallas flopped, Bamford got an assist, got 4 points for him. Calvert-Lewin scored a penalty so got 6 points for him but he got a yellow card. Gaeta got a clean sheet, he's got 9. My highest scorer was my goalkeeper. I had Basuma on the bench who scored 8 points but uh, couldn't help it. I had Amarte, I had purchased Amarte to free up some funds. So that didn't work out since he got basically bullied by uh, getting four goals past him. So I had to use my wild card. I had to. It's wholesale changes. Wholesale. I sold pretty much everybody. I've brought in three fresh strikers. I was in two minds about selling Calvert-Lewin because he is such a good uh, striker. But the other three that I've brought, are they look like you know, promising prospects. I have brought in Lukaku, Antonio and Danny Ings. I have sold Calvert-Lewin, Troy Deeney and Bamford. I mean, uh, clearly a a step up, even though the timing might not be right because Chelsea are uh, playing Liverpool next game week. But I reckon Lukaku's got a goal in him and Chelsea have got a goal in him. uh, Remains to be seen. I sold uh, Mohamed Salah to free up funds a little bit. I got Diago Jota because of the reasons I had already said. Son stays in my team, one of the very rare people who are still there. Uh, I brought in Ben Rama. Uh, Bruno Fernandes stays in my team. I brought in Shane Duffy, like I said. I brought Amarte stays because he's cheap. He's 4 million. Doesn't get cheaper than that. And you can't get uh, regular starts below than that. 
uh, I have brought in Marcus Alonso. He's having a good season under new management. He's playing on the wing back position, really gets in those advanced positions past the midfielders. He plays those cutbacks. He plays those crosses. He, in fact, takes even corners, some free kicks, goals there. Chances of assists are also there. And to free up funds, I have picked up David Martin Roya. David Roya Martin, sorry. The keeper of Brentford because he I had Emiliano Martinez 5.5. I went down to this guy who is 4.5. He is a starter. And uh, yeah, there you have it. Another player which everybody seems to have at the moment. And I don't know. I haven't even heard of this guy till like uh, the second game week. Constantinos Simikas. Now, this guy, if you look at his profile, he scored six points in the first game and he scored 11 points in the second game. He got an assist and he got a bonus point as well and a clean sheet. He's operating on the right-hand side of uh, Liverpool, but questions will be asked, what happens when Robertson comes back? I mean, he is a cheap option. He just scores 4.2 now. He was 4.1 when I bought him. He's 4.2. He's owned by 29% of the people playing FPL. That's fantastic. And, uh, well, while you can, while you get him, well, just use him. Just keep him in your team. He's a cheap option. He's a good player. He is getting those clean sheets. He is getting forward. Very interesting stuff. And like I said, I got Pinnock from uh, Brentford, Ethan Pinnock. And Bisuma stays and Gaeta stays. So that's my team now. I hope it picks up again because I was really let down by my team. And that's that's pretty much the Premier League for you in a nutshell. I mean, one the fantasy Premier League. Sorry, if you one game week your team does really well, the other team, the other game week is just uh, yeah, it's just crap basically. So yeah, the wild card came early, much like any other season. I was feeling positive, and I remember in the last episode I said I haven't used my used my wild card yet, and I feel I'm feeling good about my team. But changes had to be made. I guess I got lucky last game week with Son, Salah, and Fernandez really putting in a masterclass. So I guess I got lucky, but the, there were no points elsewhere. And now that Salah, Fernandez, and so on, all three of them flopped. There were just no points in the team. So yeah, wholesale changes had to be made. I'm very happy with Lukaku, Ings, and Antonio up front. Really hoping to get some good points from them. Uh, and there you have it. That's it. A lot of interesting uh, fixtures for next game week as well. If I remember correctly... The top two are going up against each other. Well, of course, uh, the top two are now... West Ham is the top, so it's not the top two anymore. It's going to be City versus Arsenal on Saturday, 5 o'clock, kickoff Indian time. And then it's Liverpool versus Chelsea. Good to be good to watch these games. See what's just going to see what happens. And uh, the fixtures for next week on Sunday. Burnley play Leeds. Wolves play Man United away. Uh, sorry, United play Wolves away. But uh, yeah, remains to be seen. Some very interesting fixtures. We're off to a good start. Interesting to see where United, uh, how United adapt, um, because they did kind of feel like they were found out, and the fig- people have kind of figured out how to play against them. Let's see if Ole Gunnar has it in them to change his tactics, tactics a bit, maybe change the formations a bit, and uh, see if he can dismantle Wolves. But there you have it. That's my roundup. That's my FPL predictions for you. Those are my recommendations. That's my review for the game week. I hope you liked it. Do reach out to us. Tell us if you're doing a good job. Tell if you, if you tell us if you like something. Tell us if you don't like something. Tell us if you want to talk about something. Tell us if you want to be on the podcast. Because why not? We all we always welcome people here. And I'll see you next time with more news and more reviews. See you later.